With the context of sound. Yes, it is. Yeah. So we went, we took on this big undertaking. We did. We talked about protest songs and then we kept talking. Yeah. Uh, so we decided uh, at the end of last week, once we got halfway through, and we're just like, we have a lot to say here. So we're like, let's just split this bad boy in two. So this is the second part of our conversation on protest songs. Um, I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, and it was really um, fun for us to talk through yeah. it all. I mean, and it's a bit more serious than a, than our usual fare. Yeah. So I think we'll try and get back to um, some foolery and some fuckery. Fu- some straight up fuckery uh, after this week. Um, but for this week, we're still in our feelings and deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and here they are. And here they are. Enjoy. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it in the first place. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So again, I think I've said this before in this same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. It wouldn't be right to talk about protest songs or protest music without including Nina Simone. Absolutely. Who just, I mean, her career kind of became a protest. A protest. It, <laughs> I mean, did. it really did. It did. It really did. I mean, so much to the fact that she left the country. She did. I never came back. She never did. She was like, you know what? You're like, America, Fuck we're yeah. done. We're finished. I'm done. I'm she, done. She, um, <clears throat> she's someone that I've always been fascinated with. Mm-hmm. Um, she's someone who... There is nobody even remotely like her. There's no one. I mean, in the sense that, like, she was an unbelievable pianist. Like, mm-hmm. her, her skill on a piano was was next level like that aside like for someone who was uh as outspoken as she was who was so like unapologetically black Mm -hmm. in a time in which as a woman as a woman as a dark-skinned woman uh that wasn't allowed or called for embraced at all um it's it's so inspiring and it's something that like the way in which the more I, the more I dug into Nina Simone the more I got into her like her her discography and her catalog in general yeah which is immense 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 um it's a study in it's a study in in how to embrace oneself and understand like who you are and what makes you who you are uh and 
how important it is to to know that and to own that like across the board that's how she's all she always was and she got mm. you know like occasionally sometimes militant which happens <laughs> specifically she, well and also she she struggled with mental illness mm-hmm. you know which is a component um of her personality and mm-hmm. some of the ways in which she behaved mm-hmm. and that, that doesn't like dis uh, that doesn't discredit or discount any mm-hmm. of her points of view or her feelings they're all valid but you know i think it, complicates it was, it and was humanizes it complicated. Her. Yeah, yeah it was it was difficult for her mm-hmm. some you know her mental situation yeah. was a challenge and if you haven't seen the film what's, the documentary what happened um What's it called? What's happening, Miss Simone? Or what, what happened, happened to Miss Simone? What happened, Miss Simone? I think. Yeah. It was nominated for Academy Award last year. Beautiful, beautiful documentary. Great film. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like when you think about in the context of like our current like world, and how when, when someone is acutely aware of their existence and the injustices in the world and and just the difficulties that one faces, in a way in which she was, and I think was very sensitive to it, and that kind of drove her i mean based on you know her her issues with her mental health kind of like drives you can drive you crazy and isolate yourself in a lot of ways definitely um it's even more apparent now where where so many people are becoming so wrapped up into um the world and 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 the and and the wrongdoing and, and and starting to kind of lose sight of 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 some of the realities or the beauties with therein. I you mean, know? there are definitely are people in our current like musical pop landscape struggling with mental illness. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, and it's it, it's always a thing, and it, it's 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 one of those things that like one one regularly like encounters, like you said, people who are, are dealing with it, and and some that speak openly about it, and some of which you can only like, re- really kind of discern through their lyrics, yeah. like in a coded way. And many who have who have managed to uh, like deal with it and mm-hmm. like treat it and mm-hmm. function really well with it, mm-hmm. myself included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dude, um, and, you and gotta get a, your medication. Right. Honestly, it's it's a fucking feat, you know. Like I, I'm right there with you, you know. Like yeah. getting control of your mental health is not an easy feat. It takes time. No, it takes it's patience. But it's so fucking worth it, you know. Like when you can be like, you know what, I feel comfortable. Like yeah. I, I won't even say I like normal because like who it's the fuck knows like, what that is. I can do stuff. I can do stuff. You know, I know that I can. Yeah. Like it's just that kind of like. I can leave the house today. <laughs> yeah, I know how to put on pants. You know, like, yeah. I can literally. I can. I can actually get out of bed this like today. You know, yeah. like and when people when you struggle with like literally like physically being incapable of leaving a bed yeah you know it's hard to give a fuck about much else um yeah it is and and to to actually when you realize it like oh my god i am leaving the house Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's small victories you know like that's one thing that that i think and and we're getting into like another tangent wow we're like on a fucking serious tangent this tangent is brought to you by oreos (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dividing families with double stuff triple stuff mint chocolate and the spectacular boo orange halloween versions oreo wow, now this, has 74 is a different <laughs> do you know that oreo has over 60 different products on the market no 
Like, if you really think about the amount, like, the variety of Oreo products that gets released through a calendar year, they have all their seasonal... Isn't it just, like, Oreos and double-stuffed Oreos? They have oh, double-stuffed the Oreos. Ones, the pumpkin ones. Um... Triple stuff Oreos, uh oh Oreos. What are uh oh Oreos? Those are the ones that are vanilla on the outside and then chocolate on the inside. Chocolate icing, vanilla wafers. They've got the golden Oreos, the mint chocolate Oreos, funfetti Oreos. They have Oreo Blizzard Oreos. Wow, this is really brought to you by Oreos. Like, I don't. I had this weird Wikipedia like day or evening probably in which I like got really into researching Oreos and Apparently. like got into their Apparently. whole like. I was like, wait, you want it? <laughs> I remember like I my my roommate at the time. This was like some years ago. I was like I like woke them up because like, I was you guys so. Have to I was know. like, yo, do you know how many products Oreo has currently on the market in a calendar year? They're like, no, please tell me. <laughs> God, you know, when you got when you got a story to tell. <laughs> That's why you need this outlet. That's why I need it, you know? Yeah. I'm a, this little light of mine isn't going to fucking shine if it's the last thing I do, you know? <laughs> Snip. Snap. <laughs> All right, that's enough on that one. Um, Back okay, to Nina. So Nina, mental wellness. Um yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about the song Mississippi Goddamn. It was a, also for her like a huge turning point in her mm-hmm. career. Um, you know, you were talking earlier about her being like unapologetically black, and but at this point in her career, this is 1964. She had a huge white audience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all around the world, and largely in America. I mean, white folks. Love to come out and see Nina Simone sing My Baby Just Cares for Me. me. And I Loved You, Porgy, and many other standards Mm -hmm. and her interpretations of other things. And just, she was a great live performer. Mm -hmm. So in 1964, she was playing at Carnegie Hall to a predominantly white audience. Mm -hmm. And um, she played this, she premiered this song, Mississippi Goddamn. And she said, um, it was the first time she played it anywhere. It was the first time she played it. And anyone had heard it. And anyone had heard it. Wow. She said, this is a show tune, but the show hasn't been written yet. The name of this tune is Mississippi Goddamn. They're suspecting white folks who just like laugh. <laughs> They're like, we don't know what it's about, but yeah. I like the name. It sounds provocative. Tennessee made me lose my rest, and everybody knows about Mississippi. Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest, and everybody knows. So it kind of starts off and you're not really quite exactly sure specifically what she's singing about. Well, if you're maybe an unsuspecting member of the largely white audience, you're just... You're like, what, what's what, going what's on in Alabama? Alabama, Mississippi? What's going on? Yeah. 
So to put this into context of what's happening, like currently, like what was what was happening, what was happening in, in 1964? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, she starts out with the lines, um, Alabama's gotten me so upset. Tennessee's made me lose my rest. So what was happening in Alabama and Tennessee less than a year earlier, the Ku Klux Klan had bombed a church uh, the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Killed those four little girls. Killed four little girls. 26 children were were caught in the bombing, mm-hmm. in the blast. And four young girls died. Um, so tragic. It's, it's insane to think, you know... It was funny. I, I I just on MLK Day. Oh, four black girls. I don't know if we girls. said that. Yeah, we did not say we, we didn't. said like black girls. But, yeah. Um, I was watching um, Selma mm. uh, on MLK Day. Yeah. And uh, it's a beautiful movie. Um, it's really well directed. Shout outs to Ava for Ava for that. Yeah. Um, and the one of the, probably to me the, the most like impactful scene in that movie is her sort of depiction of what happened there. Yeah. These four girls, you know, very casually, unassumingly talking about, you know, like their favorite hairstyles yeah. and then boom. And then bam. It, it it's it was a really, really beautiful context in which to place the world in which like this song was living. And this is nineteen sixty four. I mean yeah. That's when it came out. It's so hard for people to like really under. I think nowadays, specifically now, like even even with all the sort of like racial unrest, like it was it was in ways in which it was on a whole nother level. It was on another level, specifically in the South, and to most and and not only was it on another level, but like there was no inclusivity not in the media. Like imagine, I mean, there was no black voices. No. On TV, on mainstream TV, radio, like giving, putting this into perspective. No, not not back then. I no. mean, you had, you had, you had MLK and people like um, Malcolm X having to stage large scale like demonstrations and protests in order to get the attention of the media, and yeah. even then, it was fleeting. In the same way in which people nowadays look at each time that you know another sort of person of co- another person of color is is struck down by the police that that these 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 instances back in 1964 were being like talked about um but they weren't necessarily being really like brought to people's homes or yeah. to like into their safe spaces in yeah. a sense people watch and think the about news how to regional be, yeah. things were Absolutely. i mean now we live in like such a global yeah. world yeah. But things would have been so much more regional. And then. people didn't really know what was... Like, people in the north, like, north of the Mason-Dixon line rarely knew what was going on south of it. Um, I think in our, like, hyper-connected, like you said, our hyper-connected world now, like, the idea of America or the United States of America as a whole is so, totally something that our generation gets. But, like, to previous generations, yeah. whereas like the effects countries. of the Civil War were still very much so felt, yeah, uh, and the resentment still within that, like, yeah. in 1964, um, and, and, and Jim Crow being very much so effect. a real thing, yeah. um, 
it, it's hard for us to sort of like realize that there were there were two very vastly different American experiences yeah. that were going on. And not that the North didn't have its fair share of oh. racism, but it manifested in a different way. Yeah, it manifested itself in in a less sort of a less violent and yeah. segregated. Now it was more so like about economic and Inter- economic and intellectual, intellectual like and um and like just sort of suspect and racist housing practices. I mean, like think about, you know, like the, the, the housing practices of the, of the, the mid century uh, and just how people of color were forced into specific neighborhoods. We're not allowed to move into certain places. Yeah. Uh, We're given redlining. We're given really shitty mortgage situations to set up to where they can never pay things back. That was, that was a way in which racism like worked. It was hushed in the North. Uh, in, in the South, it was very proud. And this was one of the first songs that I think was able to highlight in a very, like, people were like, oh, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, you really want to know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. let's get into it. Um, yeah. Because like you said, I mean, these are these are very well-known things that were going on. Well, that was the first thing that triggered the song was the, yeah. was the Alabama bombing. And that's what she's referring to in Alabama. Then in Tennessee, in 1960, in Nashville, there were um, citywide sit-ins to protest uh, to protest segregation at diners and local businesses, and um, there was a huge, basically, riot and mass arrests, and um, the bombing of one of the civil rights lawyers. Um, uh, Mr. Alexander Luby, Z. Alexander Luby, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. So that was happening in Tennessee. And then the thing that is sort of credited as for putting her over the edge on this is what happened in Mississippi, where um, Medgar Evers, who was a World War II veteran and a really major high, civil rights yeah, activist. Yeah, huge civil rights activist. He was one of the organizers of the NAACP. Mm-hmm. And he was really instrumental in, in uh, Mississippi's. Silver. I mean, and Mississippi. I mean, Mississippi today is still a hot ass mess. Still, I mean, they tried to 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 ban trans people from using any restroom. <laughs> like you can't you even can't, piss. You can't or piss shit or shit anywhere. Anywhere. Not in these bathrooms. Not, not in this, in this state. state. Not on this day. Not on this day. <laughs> I mean. It's, it's Mississippi. So Mega Evers was assassinated in the driveway of his home in Jackson, Mississippi, mm-hmm. June 12, 1963. This was her response to that. I think she just had been thrown over the edge. And, you know, the lyrics, can't you see it? Can't you see it? It's all in the air. I can't stand the pressure much longer. Somebody say a prayer. School children sitting in jail. Black cat crossed my path. I think every day is going to be my last. Mm-hmm. And she says, picket lines, school boycotts, they try to say it's a communist plot. All I want is equality for my sister, my brother, my people, and me. And what she's talking about there where she says communist plot, I didn't know this. It's a commentary on the FBI had an anti-civil rights um, program called the Counterintelligence Program, mm. which was known as COINTELPRO. And it was aimed at discrediting civil rights leaders. Yeah. Basically, like, charging them with crimes. Yeah. Which is why, like, so many Black Panthers were in jail. And Mm -hmm. its strategy was to depict their activities as part of a communist plot. We were obsessed with communism for a long time. We were really obsessed with communism. I mean, like... 
I mean, before they wanted to put Muslims on a registry, it's like they had a registry. They actually had a registry for communists. for communists. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me that <laughs> we love to have like our number one like enemy in mm-hmm. in like oh, the you U.S. You know, it's like you gotta know who you. We went from communists to terrorists, mm-hmm. uh, and. Now we're on... Well, now we have a buffet. Yeah. We've got a, a whole lot of things we to have, um Well, we've always had... Or the, to demonize, rather. We've got the immigrants. Yep. They're stealing your jobs. Mm-hmm. The gays that are trying to butt-rape your children. Mm-hmm. And the Muslims that want to blow them up. Yeah. I would say I those think are that's, like... Yeah, those are, those, are the, those are the holy trinity of, yeah. of the hated And the class. women. And the women. And women. And women. Just for... Minorities in general, you know? There's a lot of things. I mean, it's it's bananas that we we kind of fixate on this uh, this otherness as as something to sort of rally ourselves against. It's like we're America, we're not for communism, you know, or we're America, we're not for terrorism, or we're America, we're not for. It's it's interesting when it's it's okay when it's an idea that mm. you are fighting against you know even even it's weird to like be in this trump america and 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 kind and oddly enough like um look at a george w bush as being like a lesser evil like oh i would welcome a gw bush right now if i woke up tomorrow and george w bush was president i would thank god but he'd still be trying he would still be trying to but, like, in the sense that, like, I would be less terrified of... Because I look at GW as being somebody who was just a big dumbass. Yeah. And less of a sociopathic, like, mentally unstable human being. But you would still I would still be... I, you still have this, a, Congress this Congress trying to backdoor... I just... Rape you. Yeah. But I just think that what I see is what I get with a GW Bush. But the thing with like a Donald Trump is somebody that like I just don't know what he's gonna do and I don't know who he is. I don't know what he's about and that is the problem, you know? Like yeah. there's no sort of oh, like, yeah, you can't you can't like pin him down. No, you can't. He's like he's like a shapeshifter. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what he is. He's a fucking shapeshifter. shapeshifter. He is. I mean, changes his mind left and right. And I don't want this to be about Donald Trump. No. This is not what this, this is, is about. But um, I don't remember what my original point was. What was it? I don't know, girl. But, oh, well. yeah, Mississippi Goddamn really, <laughs> it's Mississippi Goddamn. It's Mississippi Goddamn. She ends the song in the live performance. She says, that's it for now. See you later. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> it says the line would, would prove prophetic in many ways because Mississippi Goddamn didn't only mark a turning point in her relationship with her white fans. It also signified a growing frustration with America in general. And Nina Simone left the country for good in 1970. She did. She pieced the fuck out. She was not coming back. And um, she traveled around. It goes and talks Did about she it in the like documentary. Ever, she settled um, in France. Yeah, but she, she never came back to like even perform in the United States? That I don't know. I feel like she... I don't know. Maybe Probably she did like she had to come to... No, like, I feel like she. there was footage of her in New York at yeah, some, at some she point. Had, she had, uh, there was a series of songs, uh, like a performance of her, like a really small club that I remember watching. Yeah, um, in, she, New, like in, in New York, York City. It looked like it was New York City, and she, was she was elderly. Older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was maybe in the 80s. 
I think so. Yeah. Well, she died. Maybe yeah. She died in the in two thousand and three. Yeah. And um, she got in- increasingly unwell mm-hmm. as she got older. Yeah. But man, Nina it's, Simone. I'm glad rules. that I find that a lot of people are, are kind of coming back around to understanding, like the genius of she's that woman. So important, so relevant, and it, yeah, I agree. It's and great. Especially it's great nowadays, that she's, that she's celebrated. Um, I think it's super important for women and not just women of color but women in general to really um get into that shit yeah like she was she she was was strong she She was was so strong she was bold she was ferocious yeah and like the song for women mm -hmm. um like talk about like and you and you you were gonna do young gifted and black i was gonna do young gifted and black initially um as that song is is a really important song for me and like my own appreciation and like sort of acceptance of like my blackness in general. I think every 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 kid, every black kid in the United States, I think it has to have or not has to have or should have that moment where I think you really kind of understand your blackness and get what it what what it means for you and for your uh for your experience, for your life. Uh I think for me it was one of those things that um, to understand the power and the beauty that is in your culture, that is the strength that are in the people that make that up. I think for people of color, and that's not just for, you know, black people, that's for any, 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 any group, any racially sort of like any racial mar- minority, specifically when, when you exist as a minority, like in, and you have to kind of like deal with the constant, like active sort of attack on your your otherness mm. but it, it's in the simple fact of representation you yeah. know like not seeing people and when the standards of beauty that you're standards of beauty constantly. and acceptance and and decorum and like the way you're supposed to act and talk and dress and things like that having to be um something that is you know not not your own um it's it's a hard thing to deal with and i think for a lot of people there is it, it's really difficult uh, to really understand and appreciate it for really what it is, like it was. Ne- there was never a moment in my life where I was ever like ashamed of my blackness. But I, there was, there was a distinct time in which I started to really like fucking celebrate it. You know, like understand that like that there is something like incredibly powerful about what makes me who I am and the people that have come before me as a result. Uh, and that song to be young, gifted, and black, uh, is 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 just that. It's saying that like to be all of these things is where it's at. You know, like it's just this whole thing that's mm-hmm. like it's just this beautiful celebration of of otherness, uh, of 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 something in which someone should be proud of. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I've always did really we, were you. Did we watch that at um, FYF Solange. together? Oh my god, Solange and Moses so and King, King and Dev, uh, Moses Sumney. Also Solange brought it to my eye because, like I said, that song has always been really close to me. And then to see all these like really dope ass people yeah. who I respect a lot put that song together, uh, specifically that year, because obviously that like year. D'Angelo was there yeah. and did got got me all on my feelings. Played later that day, that was a that was a pretty epic. <sighs> Yeah. That was one of my favorite festival days of all ever. time. Of all time, yeah, I agree. Um, it was really good. And then was Kanye that night too? I think so. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. That was no was... Morrissey was that night. Oh yeah, Morrissey. That was, was that the night. night of the weird. 
I wasn't there for that. Morrissey is a lot of white nonsense that I've also never gotten <laughs> yeah, into. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> I, I had mean, some friends that, Look, yeah. At the end of the day, I love a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no. It was funny when people were like, yeah, I'm going to go see Morrissey. And I was like, that sounds like a whole lot of no for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my black ass over here. But, um, yeah, that song is, uh, it's a good one. I, I think that Nina has a... a uh, a treasure trove of protest songs that we yeah. get into. She really does. Sinner Man. Oh my God. You know? What? Ugh. She's just. Yeah. She's a gem. She is a gem. Um, is it my Seriously, turn? If, you haven't, if you haven't seen the film. Oh, you need to watch that. Yeah, you have to watch it. What What's happened? What happened, Miss Simone? Yeah, what happened, Miss Simone? It's, it's on Netflix. Get into it. Yeah. We only have one each left, right? I don't remember. Yeah, we. <laughs> I don't remember. We have one each left. So, I realized that like all my shit was like black as fuck this week, <laughs> uh, with just cause. But I was thinking like, okay, what's another song? I was talking to a friend of mine because uh, I was explaining like, hey, I'm doing this thing on protest songs. There's a lot of really great protest songs I can choose from. Um, and I was going through this like laundry list of things, most of which I've kind of outlined already and. She's like, you know what's a good one? Bitch. And I was like, bitch. And she's like, by yeah, Meredith by Meredith Brooks. Brooks. <laughs> uh, and I I love that song. Mm. It's a song that, like, in my head, I, li- I think of it as kind of a protest song. Because, like, what was that? Like, 95? It's a protest to being confined to, being to like, a man's... Uh, or an idea of what a woman should a, be. An idea of what a woman should be. Yeah. Yeah. Or being limited to picking to and choosing. To picking a thing. Because it was like, there was always the the idea within most of, you know, like, most literature or, or art in general at the time that a woman was one of two things. Mm-hmm. She was a sinner or a saint. You know, she was I'm so glad an angel or a demon. Pick, you picked this song, too, because it goes perfectly with the, my last and final entry. Yeah? Yes. Okay, let's just play a little bit of it. And it's funny because, like... I don't know. It. I was like kind of on the fence about it, but I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I think this is a great song. And I think, it, especially in the context of sorry, I'm eating chocolate. Of, <laughs> you gonna eat that chocolate, girl? Hey, <laughs> uh, what? what? Classic, like that's the way love goes. Opening. <laughs> oh my god. That's the way love goes. <laughs> I hate the world today. You're so good to me, I know, but I can't change Tried to tell you, but you look at me like maybe I'm an angel underneath Innocent and sweet What, 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 what? Yesterday I cried It must have been relieved to see the softer side I can understand how you'd be so confused I don't envy you I'm a little bit of everything. All rolled into one. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. I do not feel ashamed. I'm your help. I'm your dream. I'm nothing in between. And I'm your one and only in any other way. So take me as I am. Yeah, so... I mean, it classic was a 97 big ass, big ass. I mean, this was like 
Do you think she was at? She had to be at like Lilith Fair or something. I'm like sure that. she, she was had at to have been. She was part of the ladies she of the was 90s. Part of the ladies movement. of the 90s movement. She absolutely <sighs> was. Um, Which Jill was a part of. She absolutely you know, yeah, our she guest was. From a couple weeks ago. She yeah. used to play at Lilith Fair. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, she has some juicy stories about Lilith we Fair. We should do like a Lilith Fair episode. Yeah, we should. Because um, I honestly like. I have a very like. There was a lot of infighting. <laughs> there was. <laughs> um, I have like. I, I know of it. Uh, I never and, like, went to I it. I never went to it. Yeah, it was before my time. Um, and you know, I wasn't like a, I wasn't like a like an early twenties white woman in the nineties. <laughs> so I didn't really, I didn't connect with I it. I think there were women of all ages. Of all ages there. there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I thought this song was a good one to talk about just because I think in the, in the ever growing continuing fight uh for uh gender equality in this country um there are a lot of conversations continuing to go in on in all countries in all countries absolutely mm-hmm. um that there's continuing conversations continue to go on about how women should should not be how they should act how they should carry themselves what they should do with their body mm-hmm. um and this song I thought was a, a good one because it was just saying that and like what they should do with their emails. And what they should do with their emails. Um, and it was just a great thing to say, like, I can like women are complicated women who are capable of doing whatever they want and being whatever they want and expressing themselves however they want without seeking for permission or forgiveness. And that's what this song is about. That I can that I am all these things. I'm a mess. I am a I am a God. I am all of these things. I can I can change the world. I can move mountains. I can birth a child and I can go back to work the next day. You know, like that's what this was about. And I thought, you know, like, um it's a thing, you know, there's always these kind of like feminist kind of anthems. You know, they've got like formation, you know, like that kind of came in or <laughs> Um, <laughs> girls who run the world or whatever in the sense that like there's something to be said about continuing to celebrate women and, and supporting them and, and making them feel uh, as though they can accomplish and be and do anything uh, specifically now more than ever as we move into a, a world in which their rights are, are, are very actively being tampered with yeah just the fact that women are still struggling to be treated with respect and not objectified and not sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. and not, uh, I mean, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's, it's important for, I think everyone to be reminded. And I think for a lot of women too, and a lot of young girls to be reminded, um, that, the sky is the limit, and I think it's it's easy for a lot of dudes, and it's interesting us being two dudes sitting here talking about this. But I think it's a lot. It's interesting. A lot of men can very readily dismiss well, we're the importance. Feminists, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent feminists, and it, it's it's very easy for I think people to to for men to kind of not understand just like how shitty it is to be a woman. From catcalling mm-hmm. to access to um, affordable health care, which is to far more necessary a room for full women. Of men decide. decide what you do with your body. Yeah. Um, to regularly have to 
apologize and explain yourself for having an opinion for having an opinion or for to, being assertive to feel as though you have to you have to be called a bitch in order to be assertive or that um, your body is somehow valued above your brain and a bunch of different things like this yeah. that that one is to be we, judged on a completely different standard. A level which we can never that even even as a black man I'll, I will never get that kind of level of like you can't even look at me like I'm not even like you look at me in, in a sense of property still. Like so many men still look at women as property and not as the like complicated beautiful things that they are. Uh and this song was I thought thought was just like a really great kind of ode to that to say that um as a woman you can you can be all those things you can get yourself you can be somebody that does both you know you can you can you you yeah you can be somebody that does both yeah and that's that's what that was well, it goes so one. perfectly with the song that I picked yeah did you have anything to add about no no okay. no that was it shout um, out to Meredith thanks Meredith. That was a super anthem. Okay. Well, this is what I picked as my last one. Uh. Queen. Get ready for me to recite all of these fucking Hell lyrics, yeah. by the way. Go for it. You and I, T Y, it's a unity. You and I, T Y. Not a black man, but my penny to a Instinct leads me to another flow. Every time I hear about the call a girl, a bitch or a hoe, trying to make us the feel low. You know all of that got to go. There's exceptions to the rule. When we play it, it's cool. But don't you be calling me out my name. Who disrespect me like a dame? That's why I'm talking. One day I was walking. I had my cut off shorts on right, cause it was crazy hot. I walked past these dudes when they passed me. One of them felt my booty, he was. Nasty. Yeah, me bitch and laugh. He tried to break fly. I got some dead in his eye. Who you call a bitch? Hey, uh. When I was ten years old, such a pop. So good. When I was ten years old. This album, Black Rain, this will tell you a lot about you. me as a child. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 10, I had this CD, Black Rain, um, and it was the only CD that had the parental advisory <laughs> sticker on it that my mother would let me listen to because she loved it. She loved My Queen. mom loved Queen Latifah. Yeah. She went to a taping of Arsenio Hall and Hell Queen yeah. Latifah was on it and she got the message loud and clear yeah. and she was about it. Absolutely. So, Black Rain was the only <laughs> album with the parental advisory sticker that I was allowed to listen to when I was 10 years old. And I listened to the shit out of it. The oh, absolute man. shit. This song is so great. So great. Like In every way. From the sample just, to the production to the delivery to the lyrics to the chorus. It's classic Queen Latifah. And I think a lot of people, a lot people of young don't people even know. don't know that... She can fucking spit, you know, she like can spit. 
she had bars and mm-hmm. still has bars. Bars, as as. And like, this song was just, it was so like in your face, like, yeah. and just like, you know who you're not gonna fucking try? That's what this that's what this song was about. It was. It was like um, I think Blake Rand in general was just like Queen Latifah just being like, I'm not the one. I'm not the one. Yeah. And yeah. this I song mean, was, was like the standard there was, bearer. There was a song on that album. Like, picture me like skinny little gay ass white kid <laughs> singing a song called Give Me Five on the Black Hand Side. <laughs> And that will tell you everything you everything need to know about me. About me. <laughs> it really will. It does. Um, no. It's like the Kristen Wiig movie, Welcome uh, to Me. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. It is one of my favorite things that came out that year. And that will tell you everything you need to know about you. About me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you and ITY was such a massive song and um it was it won um uh, it won a Grammy for mm-hmm. best uh rap solo performance. Really? Was that the first time a female won a uh, a rap that Grammy? Is a great question. You know what I bet it probably was. Uh, I don't I can't i mean like maybe like mc light or somebody before well, mc then? yeah i mean they were around at the same, same time. time i can't imagine yeah I, that's a great question it may be true we'll have to figure that out but yeah it's it's latifah's biggest hit single in the usa to date and it's her only song to reach the top 30 ever on the billboard Hot 100 i know which is crazy wow um it came out in uh, 1994 from the, the single was released in 1994. The album was released in 1993. Mm-hmm. And the song was about, she was inspired to write the song after she was at a fraternity picnic in Philadelphia where she was incensed by the misogyny she witnessed. Um, I mean, the lyrics are all there. It says it all right there. Yeah. I mean, you so, don't need to have any, you don't need asking questions about what that's about. Yeah. It's like, no, um, I, will, I will be respected. I will be respected. So, I will not be called a bitch nor a hoe. The, the, the sort of message of unity, like, was that in, in, in your sort well, of. Well, it was specifically directed towards the, the black community. Yeah. From her. Um, that within her community, she was calling for unity between men and women that, that, that black women need to be respected and uplifted, supported supported by the men. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's really what that was about. That's really what that song was about. And because, um, you know, normally at the time they wouldn't let you say bitch or hoe on the radio. Yeah. But the radio stations and the TV stations, because of the message message of the song, uh, we're allowed to play it. Absolutely. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a, it's such a thing. I mean, it was funny because I was also going to talk about um, the song Blacker the Berry, um, Kendrick's song from um, To Pimp a Butterfly, in which he kind of talks about that same kind of need, that in, like, that need for internal support within marginalized communities. This is not just within the black community. This is obviously within things like intersectional cool. feminism. This is talking about um, LGBTQ uh, inclusiveness, um, mm-hmm. not forgetting the B and the T and the Q. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> and the I. And the I. That there is a need for us to... Like while we while we definitely know that there needs to be greater acceptance within the mainstream and the majority, we also need to make sure that we are 
protecting each other. Like there's Absolutely. no if you're not for all women, then you're not for women. If you're not for all black people, which means if you're not for uh, gay black people, for trans black people, more specifically trans black women who are exactly. incredibly marginalized and extremely at and risk. extremely at risk with high homicide, suicide, and unemployment rates, the highest in the nation. That if you're not for them, then you're not for black people. If you're not for for everyone within your community, then you yeah. can't be for you. You know, yeah. like it doesn't work that way. If and, you have no fats, no femmes, or no Asians in your profile, then you are a fuck boy <laughs> supreme. You are, you are a fuck boy supreme. That's what you are. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, it's like you have to like you have to be you have to be inclusive. Like, that's the only way things change. And the interesting thing about that that song, about unity, um, is is it sort of call to action to say, like, we've got to be better. Like, black mm-hmm. men, you need to step up. You need to be better to your women. You need to be better to, to our women. And it's true. It's still a thing that, that is regularly echoed and regularly forgotten um, and needs to be continued to be upholded. To the point that I was making with Black and the Berry, um, Kendrick gets into a lot of things in which he kind of calls out the hypocrisy of a lot of uh, black people, specifically within, he says, you know, I'm the biggest hypocrite of 2015, in which a lot of people like to decry the atrocities that are happening to black bodies externally, but don't want to talk about what's going on internally. Um, it's it's an honest story. You know, when you think about things like police brutality, people always like to, you know, uh, retort that with saying, well, you know, like black on black crime is a thing, too, which it really is. Yeah. Uh, and but it, it's not it's not the it's not the point of the story. You know, that's yeah. not the story we're telling. That's it's apples to oranges. And it's a hard thing for people to understand that and accept that. Because there's this idea that, you know, maybe if you started respecting yourself, other people would respect you. Like, no, uh, it's not about that. It's about it being against the fucking law. Um, but the the interesting thing that he's getting at is if if I'm going to say that I am all these things, if I can if I can recognize the oppression that I have, that all of us have, then in the same breath, oppress someone else or or attack <laughs> someone else uh, of your own of your own within that own within your own community yeah like what are you doing or it's it's all hypocrisy it's all hypocrisy yeah and a lot of times people would regularly um i think like i said they they are for what they're for when it benefits them but if it has nothing to do with them even within their own community people have a problem with it i was having a conversation with someone uh in my family um some years ago about uh, there was something that was being introduced when it come, came down to like uh, sexual education in in public schools. I think it was in Kansas or something like that. And there's initiatives to kind of explain things like uh, like the, like transgender uh, isms and um, sort of alternative sexuality and things like that in schools. And she was expressing her disgust in in the the. Um, in, in the curriculum and that being introduced and, and I said you know it's it's important for people to know that it's important for kids to be educated in these things and I get that it's a sensitive subject because you know like obviously who want if you don't know if you don't know what you're, how to talk about it or engage with it like it's hard for someone to admit that they want the I mean, child to be spoken to about these people kind of things. don't even want their kids being told the facts about science yeah yeah it's true when it comes to the environment or, or other things. Or anything, yeah. 
when it's like it's important for people to have this visibility, especially for kids to have this visibility, because if they're able to know who and what they are sooner, you save them a lot of time. A lot of suffering. A lot of suffering. Yeah. A lot of suffering. And a lot of denial comes from just acceptance and tolerance in that regard. And, and I remember bringing up the the subject that, like, specifically within the black community and, and within any marginalized community and, and also within the queer community, like, we have to, like, people need to be supportive of each other, of yeah. everyone. Like, these are these are communities that are being regularly like their rights are being encroached upon as we speak and and especially now you know we need it's like such a cliche but you know divided we will fall absolutely you know and we need to we really need to stick together Mm -hmm. get together yeah one of these days i mean I, i think that the beautiful thing like i said about um i think the beautiful thing about like 20 about a Trump presidency is the fact that I have a feeling that people become far more, and, and I've, this is something that I've already noticed that I, I find to be like the silver lining of it, is that I think we're being, we're, we've become far more aware of each other. Uh, and I see a lot more people being very much so intentional about checking in on each other and being supportive and, and going out and kind of, educating themselves um, and putting themselves uh, in situations in which they would deem uncomfortable or uh, kind of something that puts that makes them look a little bit ignorant or yeah or there's a willingness to grow to grow yeah there's definitely more of a willingness to grow and to, to work hear, together and to listen to listen and, and, and I I hope that that continues yeah I hope that the the art that is produced in this sort of time the music that comes out of this time is reflective of that it's reflective of community it's reflective of growth it's reflective of of hope it's reflective of optimism uh but it's also critical and it is challenging and it's defiant and it is loud as fuck and i can't wait to hear it yeah yeah i agree so it is a crazy time and it's an exciting time. Yeah. And it is an important time. And it's, you know, we are here. We are in it. Yeah. It's the time is now. And the things that we do and say and are now matter. Count more than ever. At least in our lifetime, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's, we've we've gotten to a point where I think everyone needs to, Everyone realizes that we got to do better. Yeah. Like more people now, more than like people now more than ever have realized that we have got to do better, uh, and we are certainly on that course. And I hope that everyone stays the course. Uh, on the course, stays the course. Come on now, use your language. He's running for office, girl. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Stay the course. No, but I mean, um, this was really amazing to do this yeah with you and um it was really intense it was I, I think it was I, it was helpful it, for me you yeah, know in the sense was, of like i've been trying to like was process cathartic. this whole week yeah it was definitely cathartic it definitely was i feel like we're gonna be at the end of whatever this is that's happening now in this in our time mm-hmm. we're gonna be fucking exhausted oh absolutely 
I'm already tired. I'm so tired. It's been it's been not even a week, and I'm fucking exhausted. I was like, when we took a break earlier in between, I saw this thing that said something about like Trump was uh, doing some fuck shit per usual, and I like clicked. No, he had an interview with ABC News, and I clicked on it. And then I looked at the headline. I was like, oh, I can't right now. And then just put my phone down. Like, I am tired. But we're going to get through it. We're going to be better for it at the end. Uh, and, yeah, I think this was a really great use of my time to, like, yeah. process it. And I hope it was hopeful. I was hopeful for anybody else, too, you know? Like, I think the great thing about all these songs is that, like, they're great to listen to because they're comforting at yeah. the end of the day. Like, a protest song what connects you to it is the comfort that you have from it. That assuredness that someone else yeah. sees you and understands you. Yeah. Um, Especially someone that came before you, that they've been there, that they... And they and made it they, through. It, and it still resonates. Yeah. If they could survive... Um, every single song that we played yeah. today still, still resonates. resonates. And it, it still rings true. And, and maybe still that's the that, most timeless thing about... About it. Yeah. Um, and why it's important. So... Let that be an inspiration to write your own protest song. Yeah. And live that protest song. Yeah, you make know? your protest films. Yeah. Write your protest memes. Yep. You know? Write make... those protest memes. <laughs> we do need to make that a whole thing. I should start curating, like, uh, protest, memes. protest memes. I'll start a Tumblr. I'm claiming that right now. I swear to God, if somebody else says protestmemes.tumblr.com. <laughs> I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> okay. So um, this was a, a long-winded journey, mm-hmm. and uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. And, um, again, we really love to hear from you. You can email us, contextofsound at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. Twitter, Context of Sound. We will be up on iTunes. Yes. I'm we speaking are, that shit into existence we, right now. We have been cock-blocked. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. I, I think... I don't know what we can, what else we can do at this point in time, um, but know that we're working very diligently to get our asses back on to iTunes. And once we do, shit's going to be real. Mm-hmm. You know, like, watch the fuck out. Because um, we're coming... For your edges and your checks. Um, be prepared. Be, be prepared. prepared. There's like other parts to that song. Yeah, there is. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I think I had this song that I wanted to play um, as our outro today. Oh, okay. Did I you have just... something? Like you go ahead. You're always, you're oh, we can do. We can do. We have two outros to clo- to do, anyways. Kind of technically, if you think about it. Oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah. So this is what I wanted to do. Hey. <laughs> Classic Bowie. Records don't sound this good anymore. No, they don't. You hear every single instrument loud and clear. clear. Yeah. Sounds and like that saxophone is inside of me. It does. <laughs> this rattling on your bowels. <laughs> also, the background vocal arrangements by Luther. So good. <laughs>
She was a young American. Oh, right. She was a young American, standing right through the picture windows. You know? Oh yeah. Anyway, everybody, be encouraged, be inspired, don't lose hope, do all those things. Um, be amazing. Be amazing. Be a badass. Be a protest. Um, yeah. So be a bitch. Be a be a mother. Be a child. Be a lover. Be a sinner. Be a saint. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>